Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you fucker. I, I thought you were frozen. I right? thought you were frozen too, dude. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, my Christ. God. Oh. You fuckers. Oh. I was like, no, not again. Oh my Let's God. keep this intro. Keep going. No. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. And welcome to the return of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast. Season three. Season four. Fuck, this is our fourth Holy season of the show. Shit. Season that... four, episode six of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two, sometimes three, sometimes four, sometimes five good friends oh. gather around a table and discuss all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey universe. universe. I am one of your hosts, as <clears throat> always, Nick Costu, returning and also making his grand return. Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing on this uh, trade deadline Monday? Ooh, and just like that, we're back in action in Rink Moose. Uh, took a huge hiatus. We deeply, deeply apologize for that. Life happens, you know, but uh, what better time? What better time to come back right at the end of the trade deadline, right at the eve of a really good playoff push here? And, uh, and hey, we're, we're welcoming back an old, uh, an old friend of the show. He hasn't been on for a while. Even everybody's favorite Italian meatball, Joel Joseph from the Cavallari. bridge. Guys, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's been way too long. I will say that uh, it's been way too long and I uh, appreciate being on the show. A lot of interesting uh, stuff to discuss today. And I, I will say, Nick, I, I think you are the Arizona Coyotes of technology. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're just I'm tanking a wasteland where technology yeah. goes to die. <laughs> it goes yeah, to die. Just, you know, that's yeah. For the for the record, this was supposed to start at eight thirty. It's now nine twenty on a on a Monday night with uh, with these technological issues. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. The budget here at Rink Moose it's it's gone a little off the rails. You know, because of this hiatus, the income has not been coming in as it usually does. Mm -hmm. And so we couldn't we couldn't really afford to keep our producer on. So uh, that's so right. We, so you know, uh, money money. Uh, the coffers are short. You know, yeah, we, we lost all of our sponsors by doing yeah. this. So, so yes. you really are like the Arizona Coyotes. We, we are. We're we out gotta of build our right way now. up. We got to yeah. build our way up. We got to draft prospects. We got to, we got to, we got to get up. Yeah. We, we have to make a reputable product that people will actually watch. Yes. But yes. I mean, the kids will always come back. The university. Yeah, no. And, it, and, and Hey, it, it starts with, uh, with this trade deadline show. Cause when we ended rightfully, so when we went on hiatus, you know what I call that point of the NHL season? The death zone? The dog days. Uh, you know, it's just this awkward period where the, the Leafs are already in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. The, the eight yeah. teams in the East are already decided. We knew this in December. And then it's like, what the fuck am I watching for? For yeah. sure. You know? For sure. So I, I feel like now you got 20 games left for each team. You've got a yeah. compelling playoff push. You got fantasy playoffs and fantasy. Kyle's all geared up for that. Um, so, so, so lots going on. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, but yeah, so with without further ado, I mean, we, we want to get into this trade talk here. Um, lots happened today. Another edition of, of Trade Center on TSN was a was a whopping success. Um, and uh, and we got we got plenty of trades to break down here. We'll start with about a week ago. Um, I want Kyle's input on this one. Uh, his his favorite team, of course, Colorado Avalanche. Joe Sackick gets on the board. And uh, trades Drew Hellison and a 2023 second round pick mm -hmm. 
for a for mm-hmm. a for a little man by the name of Joshua Manson. Oh, reminds maybe me of not our so Josh. little. No, maybe not so little. He's a big brooding force there on the back end. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. like our Josh. And yes. uh, yeah, so 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 kind of there was some lull ever since the Toffoli <clears throat> trade, and then Saka came out with this one about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you, what did you make of this, Kyle? Well, I'm glad he kind of got out in front of it and did it early before the drama started happening. But I mean, long story short, this is a perfect, perfect trade for the Colorado Avalanche. The uh, the price is actually quite large. This Drew Hellison guy, he's a legitimate defensive prospect. He was on USA's Olympic team and he's uh, he's he's pretty darn good in college, too. And uh, obviously the 2023 draft is a good draft. So a second rounder from there is a little tough. Uh, to stomach, but listen, Josh Manson's exactly what they need. They needed that big presence, a guy who can move bodies in front of the net. They've got tons of, you know, slick skating, puck moving defensemen. They didn't need any more of that. Bowen Byram should be coming back. Um, but if you got a Byram and Josh Manson second pair, I mean, you're, you're laughing at that point. Um, and it just kind of gives you that, um, that kind of physical insulation. And uh, hey, Lo and behold, uh, the first game, he had like 10 hits. So he's he he knows exactly what he's here to do. And I think he's going to be able to do that. Well, Joseph Camilleri. Yeah, I actually and, and, and me and Kyle don't really usually agree on a lot of things uh, when it comes to uh, especially you know, lately who we, yeah, who we <laughs> want to play deep. It was just the you know, there was the rink moose separation anxiety. We couldn't uh, hash out our differences on the air. So we had to do it through a Facebook messenger. That's right. But, um, in terms of the uh, the Manson trade, I, I agree with Kyle. I think that they needed a, um, a a bigger defenseman, someone who plays big. He's going to clear at the front of the net, and and um, I, I think you know when you, you you look at Colorado's playoff history, they struggle against teams that are heavier built. You know, teams like Vegas, and and I think this year, you know, a dark horse they could face in the playoffs could be Calgary, and Calgary is a team that plays very heavy, that Sutter style hockey, so. You know, having someone like Josh Manson there to clear the front of the net um, is great. I don't know too much about, uh, admittedly, about the Helixson guy they gave up. But um, I think if you're in Colorado, you're in win-now mode. You you probably should have already won with this team. So um, this is a great trade for Joe Sackis. And he also did it before the defense market got absolutely crazy, thanks yeah. to the Florida teams. So uh, good on Sackick and uh, good for Colorado to acquire him. I think that was a, a great trade. Bingo, bingo. Yeah, I mean, you look at their defense now and it's like they, they, they're following the classic model if they want like a more shutdown guy and a puck mover on each pairing. So you got Makar and Taves, the best pairing in the entire league as your first pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, your second pair is going to be Josh Manson. And when he comes back healthy, uh, Sammy Gerrard. So you got a big mm-hmm. man and then a puck mover. And then and then your second, third pairing is kind of just going to be a mix between Eric Johnson, Jack Johnson, and Ryan Murray, right? Or 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 uh, your boy Byram, right? And Byram, yeah, when he comes yeah. back. So so I think that's a solid that's a solid oh. like group of guys for the playoffs. It's an embarrassment of riches, even though Gerard has struggled this year. I mean, we know what kind of talent he has, so it's an embarrassment of riches. And but Josh Manson completely kind of fits uh, like completes the puzzle there in my mind. Well, you know what though? Like I you you can't you shouldn't praise him too much though. Because I I do feel like his game is kind of deteriorated. Like I remember four years ago, Lee fans were like, Josh Manson, we're trading for Josh Manson. He's the sexy young D prospect out of out of Anaheim, you yeah. know? 
and 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 he kind of lost his luster like like the whole like any talk of him in anaheim any sexy talk kind of went out the wayside so i'm kind of curious what happened with his game i'm kind of curious what happened and i'm curious how he'll perform in the playoffs i just want to make it known like as much as we're praising sakic you know this guy isn't some fucking you know all-star he's 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 you know he's 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 solid but he's his game's definitely dipped a bit yeah but i don't think they need an all-star right like i think that's the point like they have like like McCarr and Byron. They don't need Giordano. They don't, uh, they don't need. No, 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 no. Come on. Well, I mean, I don't like, I listen, I, I don't think like the abs need a guy like, like Giordano. I think someone like, like, well, we'll get to that eventually, but I think someone, he's a better fit for someone like Toronto. I think the abs just needed, look, their, their mantra is look like we have all the talent in the world. We have all the skill in the world. You know what? Let's try to get somebody that can play quote unquote playoff hockey. And that's what he is. Mm-hmm. But to your point, Nick, I agree with you. Cause I remember like, years ago like where yeah. like, the Leafs were like oh yeah like we should get Josh Manson too he's like this yeah. young guy from Anaheim like it's amazing how like how like that time passed I keep forgetting yeah. like that's like, yeah. it's, like 2017 2018 and we're like we're four years down the road oh so my god like, then know, then he would have been like worth a first and a prospect no, you know not. and now he's going for a second and a prospect mm-hmm. for so, the uh yeah. for the record just to kind of perspectivize this if this guy does what bench that's yeah that's my new one <laughs> if this guy does pulls a Ben Sherratt in this playoffs, then it's hundred percent, hundred percent worth it. That's all he's um, got to do is play yeah. like Ben Sherratt. And that's all you need to do. Sure. 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 Uh, so Joe, hard. yeah. Joe Sackick, he follows that up that following day by trading away longtime Colorado avalanche player and fan favorite, at least to Kyle Tyson Jost, uh-huh. uh, the Tyson Jost era and in, uh, in, in Colorado kind of comes to a uh, awkward end. And, and frankly, he never really fit in there in my eyes. Uh, so what did you make yeah. of this, Kyle? Kind of a kind of end of a marriage that wasn't really quite a marriage. Yeah, it kind of sucked, honestly. Like he had a lot of promise and I, he had he has got an amazing character to this day. Really good guy that everyone liked in the room. Uh, really good college year in college right after he got drafted. Uh, and that's another reason Matthew Nye's stay in college. Um, but he never worked out in Colorado for whatever reason. Like you could see flashes of skill, but the points never came. However, when I started hearing about this Nico Sturm guy, I'm like, who the fuck is this, this schmo? And then I'm realizing this guy is perfect for the Colorado avalanche system. I did a bit of reading on him and he's like more of a health nut than Nathan McKinnon. He's like fully like just a machine according to, to sources. He's got like, you know, third line production, but this guy is absolutely dialed in in terms of uh, his preparation and his and his work ethic so i welcome him i can't wait to see what he can do and i think he's a good fit on that third line joseph yeah i don't know too much about nico Sturm, but i i i always thought that jost was like every time i thought of the colorado avalanche i'm like fuck like i wish the least to get a guy like tyson jost and like it was just kind of shocking that he was traded but um I don't know too much, admittedly, about the underlying stats of Nico Sturm, but if, if, if he's a better fit for the system, then that's great for them. So I'm sort of neutral on this trade. I, to me, this is still like a small potatoes type trade, and I feel we're only talking about it because Kyle's an Avs fan. But um, could be, no, could like, be. I mean, listen, if he's, if, well, he's a, if he's a uh, if he's a good fit for the system, then that's good for Colorado. And like you said, like this just keeps adding to the embarrassment of riches that they have. So um, mm-hmm. you know. Let's uh, let's try to make it out of the second round this year, right, boys? Yeah. Well, 
The other thing this does too, and because we just talked about this from a defensive perspective, but Nico Sturm is a six foot three, 210 pound uh, center. Yeah, he is so, a big player. I was just looking at that. And that that is something that Tyson Jost can never be. I mean, yeah. and they don't they don't lean on Jost for offense. So this is the kind of guy that can, again, against those heavy teams, like you mentioned, he can kind of put the avalanche in the fight a little bit more. Right. Next up, another minor deal. Don't want to spend too much time on this one, but again, we got to cater to the New York Rangers fan. Oh, uh, Frankie Vetrano traded to the uh, New York Rangers for a uh, 2022 fourth round pick. Uh, Kyle, why is very briefly, why is Vetrano an asset for the New York Rangers in their playoff push? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know too much about Vetrano other than just versatility. Like it's, it seems like a guy you can throw on your fourth line, be completely satisfied, or you can maybe even move him up, move him up to the second line if, if need be. So just that bit of versatility, I think he's got a little bit of a, a bite to his game. And he just like, when I saw the trade, I was like, this guy is, is a good Ranger. Like it just seems like a good fit to that, to whatever they're doing there. And then we can get into the next, the next couple guys too eventually but it yeah just versatility good fit depth move and you didn't pay much so i, I think it's a good uh, good little fit there yeah i mean is laugh gonna lose any ice time because of this <laughs> uh his his lease his leash is shorter and there's no yeah, doubt about you gotta that. figure with all these forwards they added and we'll get to the other yeah. one shortly but uh yeah yeah short no leash. but I mean, Florida, I mean, it's all, they only have a, a plethora of forwards, right? Pl- plenty yeah. of uh, assets to go. So I guess if you're going to trade away a guy, create some salary cap space for, for the deal they made later, I guess it made sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Speaking of cap space and uh, a big one, and I'm going to go to Joe on this one. Um, Montreal Canadiens acquire Tyler Smolanik. 2023 first round pick, 2022 fourth round pick, a huge, huge package for everybody's favorite defenseman, Ben Sherratt. Uh, Joe, what what did you make of this one, buddy? Um, you know, like I I think I've made my opinions known about Ben Sherratt for a long time. He's he's not good. I keep there's just no (laughs) so good, man. There's no there's no statistics, analytical or actual statistics that suggest he's a good player, a good player. And I understand like why Florida did it because that's the market and what it was. And, and listen, I got to say, Kyle, whoever is pulling the strings behind that trade in Montreal, I don't know what Genius. the first word is for cheers, but <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> you were able to get a first round pick for a glorified pylon. And that's fantastic. <laughs> oh but, my God. I, you're you know, so I, the thing oh, about man. the thing about Ben Sherrod is that he, I mean, even if you look at like his underlying numbers in the Leafs series, for example, or, you know, he was outscored every time he was on the ice. This is not a good defenseman. This is the facade of, you know, the Carey Price and the Shea Webers of last year that won that playoff series for Montreal being grouped into you know the what? Fact that, look, this is like a big heavy defenseman that we need. I think that was a massive overpayment. He's not even the best defenseman on the trade market. Um, I think that was not like, I mean, that, that was not a good trade for Florida. However, However, to contextualize this a bit, it might be something that they need because we also don't know how long Ekblad is going to be out for. So this might be a defensive replacement. However, I don't comparing, you know, Ekblad and Sherrod is like comparing, you know, Nickelback and Pink Floyd. Like there's no <sighs> Nickelback it, is it, fucking it, sick. 
it's apples and oranges, you know. And yeah, hey, listen, every everybody likes Nickelback. I, I like Rockstar every now and then, but I wouldn't <laughs> a first round pick or a fourth round pick and a first fourth round pick for for you know to go see Chad Kroger and Ben Sherrod is, is is essentially Chad Kroger. He's got some good tunes, but he's not uh, he's not that good. So I will say I don't I don't like the trade. I'm not. Wanna, a do you want to know why that that your story based in the playoffs is off base, completely off base? Because First of all, the whole narrative around Ben Schrott is that it's the kind of defenseman you want in the playoffs. Fuck, throw the analytics aside for the Leafs series. Like, obviously, we're talking about the Leafs series. His, the defense pairing was Weber and Sherratt. And go figure, why did the Leafs lose the, the series? Because fucking two best players couldn't fucking score. And if you don't, if you're telling me that Ben Schrott well, didn't have something to do with that, I think well, you're completely off base. I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he did. I mean, look at look look at how how are his numbers this year without Shea Weber? The team is terrible. Like the, the Montreal Canadiens are an awful hockey team. Like he's not. Like no, this guy is no, not, they're not. They, they're not. They are. They, they, are they, they made a coaching change, and now they're top half of the league since it, the coaching it, change. It, okay, but that's not. They are an awful hockey team. They're like third <laughs> last place in the league. They're statistically a terrible team all their analytics are awful their defense is terrible their forwards are awful this is not a good hockey team they will be considering the fact that they you know managed to get all these picks and i and i have faith that the new regime in montreal is better than the bergevin regime however the team is not good and you know if you want to talk about Sherrod's impact in the playoff i think a lot of that was sort of buttressed by uh by mr weber who you know is, is going to be a hall of fame defenseman one day um, I, I don't, I don't see what people it's, see. It's both of them. And it's absolutely I, I, dis- both I disagree that how come this year the Habs are, are so terrible defensively without Shea Weber and Sherrod playing number one minutes. He's, he's not good. Like there's, there's a lot of factors to their, their shittiness this year. A lot. But you pin the playoff Habs, the Habs playoff success on Sherrod, but then you won't. He was a big part of it and he's a playoff style defenseman. And if you don't well, think that he struck that pairing struck fear into the top line, I don't think they did. And I think, and I think you want, if you want to talk about contextual factors, you know, one of the reasons why the Leafs, you know, struggled in that series as well is because of the fact that they had Alex Kerfoot playing second line center. I think the whole dynamic would have changed if you had John Tavares out there, because I think Nick Suzuki would have his hands full with John Tavares and the pairs would have had to have been split up. You would have to account for John Tavares too. And, 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 and listen, full credit to the Habs and winning that series. But I think, the, the I saw a hilarious tweet the other day saying that Florida's going to win in the first round, um, you know, in five games because of the fact that, you know, Huberto and Barkov scored all these goals and, and some idiot like Kiprios is going to credit it to Ben Sherratt. That's the treatment that Ben Sherratt gets. He's he happens to be part of the team and they say he's this big, heavy defenseman. But if you actually look at his numbers, he's not really that good. So in, in some because I know we have a lot of trades to get through. I'm, I'm not a big fan of this trade. And I, and I think that was a massive, massive, massive overpayment for Florida. So. At the end of the day, we can establish A, the Habs got a massive haul check, yes. and B, Correct. an NHL general manager agrees with my point of view on Ben Chirant. There's a lot of NHL general managers that agree with your point of view, or you know, there's a lot of NHL managers that make trades, and just because an NHL general, just because an NHL general manager makes trade doesn't necessarily give it a seal of approval. Go ask, you know, Peter Torelli or Ken Holland when today when he's like. Yeah, he's like, we just don't have the cap space. I'm like, yeah, I wonder who, you know, put them in that position. So just because an NHL GM sent rubber stamps doesn't mean it's good. Also, but, but this happens to be a top probably three club in the NHL. So it, it, uh, it's probably a good thing. Well, yeah, okay. But Florida also, they, they, their emergence is just this year, Florida. 
Uh, okay. When's the last time they've won a playoff series as well? And and frankly, for that matter, I still there, there's still a lot of problems with Florida, and and you know I don't think we can discuss them on this show because we have too much to discuss. But they've won Bob Kiss yet. Okay, so, you know, and they might not even win the Atlantic division when this year is all said and done. So let's pump the brakes on the fact that, you know, yes, right now they're a top three club in the NHL. However, just because top three clubs can make bad trades as well, you know, it does. And, and I think this is a terrible trade. I, and I think this is if they paid less, I would have been like, sure. But it, 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 it's not that it's a bad trade. It's an overpayment for who Sherrod is. Yeah. I, I, I think he's solid. I, I think Sherrod is a solid defenseman. I, I, I think. A lot of, I've heard from too many players that he's a he's a shitty guy to play against. Like he'll just he'll just he's just a menace and you don't want to go up against him. That said, this price tag was way too high for a Ben Sherratt. I agree with that. He's solid. I'd like him on my playoff uh, team in a five six role. I would. But uh, but I, I think this price is too high and I think Florida overpaid. I, I, I'm comfortable saying that. I, I can I get. I can get behind. It's a very high price tag for sure. It's a very high price tag. It's a very high price tag. Huge um, price tag. But it's it's awesome, awesome, awesome news. Speaking yeah. of high price tags, and this one, this one was probably the 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 not the biggest shock of the deadline, but just like it, it I I like I clear it made me feel the least educated. Uh, like I I clearly needed to do some digging after this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lightning acquire Brandon Hagel. Mm. Two fourth rounders for Boris Kachuk, Tyler Radish, and two first round picks. Yeah, that... in... <laughs> incredible, incredible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I the first thing I look I looked at was who is Brandon Hagel, and I looked him up in fantasy, and he was four percent owned. Right. How is a guy who's four percent owned in fantasy, which goes to show you how little production he he, he does, worth two first round picks? Like all GMs are talking about, all TSN is talking about is how much like currency wise, these first round picks are so valuable. Oh, the coveted first round pick. You're going to have to trade mm-hmm. to Foley to get a first round pick. And, and, and fucking Hagel gets two first round picks. Yeah. yeah we, I, we've I can explain this one. Yeah. Go for it. Perfectly. A he's from Saskatoon. So <laughs> that's a big factor. <laughs> that's your B, lead factor. Yeah, <laughs> that's my lead factor. B uh, he's a, he's a young guy. With with term on his on his on a really great cheap deal, and uh, and he's he's put up actually for a th- if he's going to be third line, this is excellent excellent third line production in, in terms of his numbers. The way I see this trade, because he's got term, they did they basically get Brandon Hagel as a rental this year and next year, so uh, th- that's why there's two firsts there. Like it's yeah. basically like we don't have to do anything next year because we got we already got this cheap good guy. This is like Barkley Goudreau. Um, times two years kind of thing. That's the uh, way I see it. I, I think it's a little, I think it's a little presumptuous to say that he's like Barkley Goudreau. Well, his numbers are better than Barkley Goudreau. Well, I think, I think like his, like two first round picks for someone like that is like, that is insane. Like this guy is like, he's a great, like, I think he's going to be a good addition to their third line, but I just don't know how you justify paying 2%, sorry, 2%, two first round picks for a guy that like, if you look at his production, it's, it's not great. And I just, I, I mean, listen, when you're, when you've won the cup back to back years, I guess any move you make, you can justify by saying, you know, fuck it, we're going all in. We think we have the team, but man, that's a lot. And I think Tampa's like, they're really reaching to try and develop that third line that they now have lost again. Mm. That's what I see them doing with all these moves. I just don't know if these guys are the same sort of caliber as him and I certainly wouldn't have paid 
two first round picks for, for Brandon Hagel. I'm it's, sure it's ridiculous. It, it's this it simple. Is. Like it's, that, yeah. that is the price you pay for like scores, 70 point yeah. scores who you don't just develop in your system, yeah. who don't just come out of nowhere for a third line guy. Who's just yeah. there to like check and, and, and play hard and do um, the, it do play it, play to the defensive aspects of the game, playoff hockey, those guys you can get for second round picks, third round picks. Why do you have to give two first round picks for this guy? It, it's like, it's, it's as if they're, 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 yeah. they're outsmarting themselves. The market you know? is, like, it's so saturated and like the, the demand is so out of whack where it's like teams are like third liners are demand. Like Jeff O'Neill made a good point. I think two weeks ago in overdriver, he's like, you know, back in my day, when we talked about a first round pick, if you were moving a first round pick, you were getting like a, a star back, usually a star or a guy with a lot of talent, young potential. Now it's like, Guys like fucking like Ben Sherrod and this guy Hagel are going for multiple picks. No. Some of them in the first round. It's nuts. It's absolutely insane. Like, what? How is like? How have we devolved to this point where you know? And this, and I get it. Like, those guys are important in the playoffs. But again, like, Tampa didn't win its cup primarily because of the third line. Mm. Tampa won its cup because Point, Kucherov, those guys were scoring, and of course the great Andre Vasilevsky. You know. And now you're giving up two first round picks for like a depth guy when you still have all these stars and, and, oh, sorry. And I neglected to mention Victor Hedman as well. I apologize, but that's another star. So, you know, it's just like, it's insane that guys like this are going for like, you know, the, the, the market is values, these grinders, like at such a high level that it's just, it, to me, it's nuts. Like when I saw that trade, I even tweeted, like, you know, the meme of that guy blinking, like the yeah. blinking shock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like I was like, why, how did this happen? Yeah. Very apt. It's a little jarring. I think it's a little expensive, but I think we're also underrating the player. He's on pace for 30 goals. And and he makes and, and, one. And, and, and right he makes, so, yeah, it's, it's only a make, second season, so that's pretty he, good. Yeah, he's young. He hasn't hit his prime, and he makes $1.5 million until 2024, 2025. The contract like that's is good. I'll incredible, give it incredible value. So it's like they wanted him for the two, three years at this, at this cap, but it's unbelievable. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, listen, and, uh, you know, I guess if you're Tampa Bay, you always, I mean, I guess in the contextualize it, I mean, you can always pay them less too, because it's, it's Tampa Bay and the league hasn't uh, figured out, I guess that state income taxes won't exist in Florida, but uh, my problems with the NHL, uh, we can discuss that another day. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, all I can say is I look forward to like watching leaf Tampa games and, and zeroing in on this Hagel guy. Like well, this guy's going to be under the fucking microscope. Let you me know? tell you, our long-awaited Leafs Tampa series may actually come to fruition. Yeah, I know, right? It's been like five years in the making. Very interesting. That'll be fun. Yep. Um, okay, another move where you could say very again, very high price tag associated with this player, albeit this one I actually knew about. Uh Bruins acquire Hampus Lindholm and Cody Curane for a first rounder, a second rounder, another second rounder. John Moore and Urho Vakanainen. Oh, um, God. What did you think of this, Kyle? A very Boston Bruins trade, if I may say so myself, acquiring a, another big brooding defenseman before the deadline. <laughs> yeah, and is this guy not just like a Bruins player? This guy's huge. This guy's a massive, massive defenseman uh, with semi-actual decent numbers. Um so, I mean, it, it is a huge, huge price tag. I'm not surprised they would be willing to pay that kind of price. But, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, it's hard to digest this one. Mm-hmm. 
but um, I, I guess th- it, this is what they have to do. Like but Boston can't be not committed to this. So it, it, it makes a lot of sense. It is a Bruins defenseman, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, not, I get, not to mention like right after they, they extended him, they signed him to like a big deal, like six to eight years, something like that. Uh, yeah. I guess they like him. They really I, liked him. Listen, yeah, I don't have a pulse on Boston this year, so I, I can't quite get a read on this one, but I, I mean, it, it will work. It'll make them better. It's, it's hard think, to have a, yeah, go on Joe. Yeah. It's hard to have a pulse on Boston because I, I, when you look at this Bruins team, like they're, Outside of their first line, their forward group isn't very talented. Admittedly, no. less so now with like the departures of, 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 of you know, Krejci and, and, and other players. But the thing is, I always thought their strong suit was defense, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, now they go out and get this guy. They pay a premium for him and have now signed him to this long-ass contract. And, you know, you have to remember something, too, about Boston. They don't have Tuka Rask anymore. Tuka Rask is a Hall of Fame goaltender, right? That guy was the architect of so many deep Boston playoff runs. And they don't have him anymore. So it's very difficult to get a pulse on Boston. That being said, like with respect to this trade, I get like the move was a lot, but fuck that fucking eight year extension, like immediately after, like that's nuts. Like that's, that's 52 million. So that's an AAV of like 6.5 or whatever. Insane. Like his hemp is yeah. home, like that good. Like I hear a lot of people say, like, I mean, I looked at his numbers and stuff like that. Like he's okay. His analytics are okay, but you're right. This is a very Boston Bruins signing and where it's not so much about the analytics. It's about this guy's just a big fucking guy and he's going to clobber you. So I think that's what they're going up. But though I think Boston finishing that wild card spot, most likely, um, you know, assuming, you know, we'll see other play the rest of the season plays, but likely they'll finish in that wild card spot. I don't think that's going to scare a team like Carolina or even Florida. Like, I think they're just going to get run over in the playoffs. I mean, just, just to put that into context, that deal, that's the kind of money uh, in the range of, I guess his comparison was Cam Fowler. He's getting 6.5. Giordano's getting 6.7. McDonough, 6.7. Yeah, I don't think he's in the caliber of that defense. Yeah, yeah. You know um, what? Uh, just kind of hearing Joe go through that, and I, I totally agree. It's it's making me think that Boston could turn into this like wild card um, in terms of their ability to, to win series just because it sounds like they're going to go like very defense heavy. They're going to go very kind of trap style shell down and and be opportunistic they're going to be like the the islanders of this year that's what i think they should do and i think that's where they could find success well here's the pulse on boston you asked what the pulse is the pulse is this could be bergeron's last season yeah so so if we're going to make a big fucking move big splash pay up to get this defenseman hell bergeron probably even made the request to get that defenseman and they do what he says right and uh (laughs) they, they get they get him to appease bergeron and as long as Bergeron's playing like a Selkie Trophy winner, their identity is going to be defense, right? When does he um, get Selkie Trophy? And then, and then, and then, Joe, you ask about the goaltending. There's a guy by the name of Jeremy Jeremy Swaymon out in yes. Boston who's yes. had an incredible, incredible yes. season. Yeah. He's been my fantasy MVP, yes. and uh, he 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 is a star. He is a star. Like I, what I would where I would rank for those who don't know Swayman. If you look at goalie prospects, you know, you, you have those Russians, Askarov at the top, yep. Spencer Knight at the top, uh, Devon who else, Levi. Devon Levi. I'd say just a, just a hair behind that kind of group is Jeremy Swayman. So he, he is a young, sexy goalie prospect. He's just never quite been in that tier, but he's just a cut below. 
And I, I like to see that he, he's the future of Boston goaltending. And I think he's, yeah. he's come out of nowhere this year. And I think he's wowed a lot of people. Yeah, Swayman's been great. And I, I don't, uh, I don't doubt that. I think, I think the, the issue is though, you know, young goalies in the playoffs first year, you know, that that's where my logic is going. And, mm-hmm. you know, Tukaras, like I said, Hey, Hey, Spencer Knight, Spencer Knight was fantastic last year. He almost bailed out Sergei Barbrovsky when he lost the season for Florida. Well, almost is the key word, right? But, yeah. Uh, well, Hey, I mean, still, he was incredible. He was, he was yeah, great. He was we'll not see. the reason think, Florida lost that. I just series. think so much of Boston's success over the years in the playoffs with, with obviously, you know, I'm not discounting what Bergeron and Marchand bring, bring to the team and Chara, of course. But, you know, if you look at Rask's numbers in elimination games, I think they're some of the best of all time. I remember reading an article that mm. his numbers in like game sevens or elimination games, like this guy's rocking like a sub two GAA, right? Wow. So I think the identity of, of Boston changes a lot without – to Karask. That being said, I mean, like I said, back to the Lindholm deal, this is like, I think Kyle said, put it perfectly. I think they're doubling down on their strength, which is we're going to suffocate you. And if we can't suffocate you, we're going to hit you. So that's the, that's the sign. And it's more of just, yeah, this is a Boston Bruins defenseman, right? So longing for the Chara days, I assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving along, arguably the biggest blockbuster of the whole trade deadline, albeit I'd rank it slightly below what I consider the blockbuster. Um, Florida Panthers acquire Claude Giroux, Jermaine Rupsov, Connor Bunneman, and a fifth round pick for Owen Tippett, a first and a third. Uh, Kyle was wow. going out the Wahoo two days ago uh, about this trade. Uh, explain why you're so fired up about this one. Wow. So if Florida overpaid for Sherratt, they got a steal on, on Claude Giroux. I think, uh, yeah, they, especially because that first rounder is a 2024. Who the hell cares about 2024 for this team? Mm-hmm. Like, this is Claude Giroux. This is a first-line player. This is a, this is a guy that's going to change everything. Like, this, this team is formidable, a completely formidable up, up front now. Like, this is, a, this is crazy. They had a ton of leverage because he only wanted to go to Florida. But, like, holy shit, this is crazy. Like, this is going to be the, this is the best offense in the league, bar none. This is crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, what, what else can you say? I mean, like, you know, they got him for a great price. And, and like you said, I agree, there was definitely some leverage there, which, you know, makes the work of uh, Florida's GM a little less, uh, you know, we don't allow them that much for it. But the, the, the fact that the, the simple fact of the matter is they have Claude Giroux playing in what is likely to be like a second line role, in addition to Barkov on the first line. This, this guy can play up and down the lineup. He can play on the power play. He's great defensively. His analytics are all in order. He's an amazing player, and they just made a, a, a team that's incredibly dangerous offensively, even better. And they're they're probably better defensively now too. And you know that's one of the areas of Florida's game where you know a lot of people and and, and I've read you know that one of the soft spots that Florida has is their forwards aren't very good defensively. Some of them, not notwithstanding Barkov, he's he's great. I didn't mean him, but some of them. Mm-hmm. This just shores them up down the middle, and they're just they're listen they're a formidable opponent, right? And you know with with Florida, it's all going to come down to you know can the defense of Kambrovsky not shit their pants? That's what it's going to come down to because they can outscore anybody. That's why I think like a ta- like a Leafs Florida first round or even like, you know, that series, they would be like, do you remember that Penn's, Penn's flyer series from years oh. ago? Like five every night. Brisgalov led in right. goals from the blue line. Like that's how I envision that series, which would be incredibly fun. And, and that's what makes it a crapshoot. But you can't say anything more about that's a great deal from Florida. Good for them. Claude is amazing. 
that that series would be even more fun than Toronto Tampa in my mind because I agree just, with you. It would be so because such a Tampa, track meet because Tampa and Toronto can still play defense with each other, and Vasilevsky's not going to let him five goals a game. Jack might, but Vasilevsky won't. But if right. you play against Florida, both goalies are you know I mean, I mean the way Jack's playing right now, that game they would be a six five game every night, and 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 yeah. it would be amazing for the casual <sighs> fan to watch that. Yeah. An underrated bit about Claude Giroux on Florida. He can move to center and then you can have Barkov, Giroux, Sam Bennett down the middle if you want, which is crazy. Yeah, nuts. nuts. And then you, you've got Sam Reinhardt, a third line player, fucking getting a point per game this year. Mason Marchment, I know you know that name. He's doing great on your third line as well. It's crazy. This is a great team. Well, to Joe's point, with the exception of goaltending, like I, I maintain... Florida will probably not get out of the first round. I cannot get behind that. I I, I see I see that goalie shitting the bed yet again. I have zero faith yeah. in him. There's and I and I and him. I don't like you. You give me Florida against Toronto, Boston, or Tampa. Oh. I'm ta- I'm taking the field. Are you kidding me? I'm taking the field easily, and I'm not You're even insane. losing sleep. I'm not even you know losing sleep. That's not that's not a bad take, and I'll tell you why. Like. A lot of these teams, and it, this is not even just like a hockey thing. This is just like sports in general. A lot of these teams are like, they, 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 they get a lot of these stars, the deadline. And then they're like, Oh, look, all these, they're They're going in, they're going to win the cup or the championship. You know, sometimes you have so many stars in one room and so many things in one room and all the expectations and the weight in your shoulders, you just like collapse. And this is in conjunction, especially specifically with Florida, that Bobrovsky is a known, known sieve in the playoffs. Like, there's no debate there. He's an awful playoff goalie. Florida is not the greatest team defensively either. I mean, they're, 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 they're okay, you know, and, and combined with that goalie, like, I don't see, like, if, if it's, you're right, if it's between, like, if I was a betting man, which I am, if it was Florida versus the field, Toronto, Tampa, fuck, even if they end, even if, like, a team like Pittsburgh fell into the wild card spot. Oh, yeah, I'd take, take Pittsburgh. I'd take yeah. the field. Mm-hmm. I'd take the field mm-hmm. because, you know what? They can score, but if Bobrovsky is, like, fucking playing the way he normally does and just, like, that general... I don't know what to say about Florida. They're just like such an irrelevant franchise. Like no one gives a fuck about them. So it's just like, you know, there's no passion there. You know what I'm trying to say? So it's like, I, I just, I don't know. I I don't, I agree with you, Nick. It's not, I don't think, I don't think they have the identity of Tampa or Boston. No. And I, and I, and I, and I think I believe more in the, uh, (laughs) the star power on the Leafs to, to, to beat the Panthers. It would be, it would be interesting. And I'll tell you, and especially they would be amazing. I want to see them play like if they, because they likely will probably play Boston or Washington, Washington. I would probably take, if it was just straight up, I'd probably take Florida because I don't think the caps Mm -hmm. are very good. Yeah. But trending in the wrong direction, but but Boston, like that's a completely two contrasting styles. And we've seen so many times in the playoffs where you have, you know, an immovable objects meeting an incredibly skilled team. And I don't have to run down, you know, Leafs, Montreal, Islanders, Caps a couple of years ago. Islanders, Pittsburgh last year, although that was directly Yari's fault. You you lose because sometimes you can't play into the hands of that team, right? So I agree with you. That's that's a, that's, a, that's an interesting point. Um, I can't wait yeah. to hear your your uh, playoff predictions because I'm very oh, much yeah. on the other no. side of the fence and, here. And Kyle, I'll link you a great article. I read it the other day. It was all about Jonathan Huberto. It's an article just about Jonathan Huberto. And it's and it's basically a whole argument. It's a whole essay about how this guy should not be in the heart conversation. And the, yeah, and the I've, reason, seen that, I've seen that the, mumbo jumbo. And the reason why is because like as, mu- as talented as he is, a passer and, and all that shit, like he's going to lead assist through the Wahoo. 
uh, he he remains one of the worst defensive players he, in hockey. He's awful defensively, and I I know Dom was and in playoffs. That matters most. And I'd rather have my yeah. Selkie winner Austin Matthews on cool. my team. So well, listen, Dom please don't Lich- get into that. Please, Dom, no, we're not going to get into that. But but Dom Lichison put it right. Like, how can you like this guy gets a lot of points, but he that is guy so- is an idiot. No, he's not. <laughs> yes, Huberto he is. Huberto is inept defensively. No, he's not. He is though. Like statistically, he is. Like there's no, there's he, no getting oh, around it. Guys, he's 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 a winger. What? Like how much defense does this guy play? Well, like, you, how, how can you people, how, how can people, you place defense on a winger? Well, what are you talking about, Marner? Like guys like Marner kill penalties. Like, okay. Yeah. How many times over the years did I hear from people just like you, Kyle, about how Nylander is lazy, he can't defend, that's why he'll never be in the playoffs, but somehow we're letting Huberto, who granted is an excellent offensive talent, play sloppy-ass, terrible defense, and we're just going to let him get away with it because of the fact that he plays for Florida and not Toronto or another Canadian team? Is that is that what we're doing? Nylander's sloppy, shitty work ethic it stems from his battle effort in the corners, not his well, that's, that's not necessarily true because he was the, he lit up your team in the playoffs last year, my friend. Well, that's because that's because he didn't have Ben Schrott and Shea Weber coming down on him. Well, imagine what it would have happened if Tavares was on that line. Uh, probably not much different. I just completely disagree because Nick Suzuki <laughs> sucks, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, yeah, one more point on Florida. The one point I think, well, the one position I think they really needed to get a backup goaltender they didn't address, right? So so you have Bobrovsky, who we've talked about at nauseum. You and just then raved back, about Spencer Knight. I didn't rave about him. I said he yeah, was you really did. good last I, I said well, he was very good last year. Okay. But who's to say he can who's to say he'll do that again? I'd I'd have more trust in a veteran. You know, I'd I'd have more trust in Semyon Varlamov is yeah. is my backup than than Spencer Knight. So they failed to address that. And so that's why Florida I I I don't I think they're getting maybe a little too credit for their uh, for their deadline. But we move along. They're going to be uh, unbelievable. Okay. Huge deal coming up here. And why I am repping this jersey as we speak. The Toronto Maple Leafs acquire Mark Giordano, Colin Blackwell for two thirds, 2022 and 2023, and a third rounder in 2024. Joe, you get the honor here. How did Kyle Dubas do with this trade? I mean, I, I don't, I don't think you can say anything bad about this deal. I mean, you got a, a guy that, Giordano. First of all, like before we even get to, like I said, I, I think the whole conception of character thing that you guys harp on is overrated. But I mean, Mark Giordano is, is a class act. The guy was a leader, um, great in the dressing room. Seems like the players are stoked to have him. He's he's, he's been in big games. He's won playoff series. Um, and above all that, like aside from the character fact, the fact is this guy can still play. He's great defensively. He can move the puck. He will be able to slot up and down that Leafs defensive pairing. And he can clear the front of the net, which is recently the Leafs have been having a bit of problems, um, some problems clearing the front of the net. He'll address that. And now if you look at the Leafs decor going into the playoffs, I mean, you know, you're going to have, you know, Riley, Brody, um, you know, Muzzin and uh, Giordano can be a shutdown pairing. And then a third defensive pairing of Hall. And you can insert Sandine, Lilligren, Labushkin there. That is an extremely deep versatile decor that I think they haven't had in the playoffs in the past, which will be interesting. And, you know, this also sort of insulates them from, for example, what happens if the guy like Muzzin goes down again, well, Giordano can sop up a lot of the role that Muzzin has had being that guy that clears the front of the net. I don't know too much about this Colin Blackwell guy. However, I did look at 
his analytics and Dom posted his player card. It seems like he's a really good, doesn't provide much offensively, but he's, he'll bring some sort of defensive responsibility to that Leafs fourth line. And the fact that, you know, Dubas was able to get both of these guys for two second round picks and like a third, when a plug like Ben Sherratt went for a fucking first round pick and Giordano is a much better defenseman at this point in his career at 38 years old than Sherratt has ever been. That is I think fantastic for Kyle Dubas and I can't say anything, you know, I, you know, I, I, I was always, I always thought that Giordano made perfect sense. And I was talking about this for months as if they should go after some of these free Giordano local, local kid, hometown boy, Italian, you know, what more do you want? Right. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think he did an excellent job. I, I was a big, big, big fan of that trade. And I know you are too, because I know you're a big Giordano fan. Nick. Oh, I'm more, I'm actually more of a Colin Blackwell fan. Uh, and, and I, yeah, I do like geo. I do. Uh, I, 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 my hope is he can keep up with the pace of the Leafs, the way they want to play. You know, that's my only, you know, concern. Can, can he keep up? I, I hope the body can keep up cause he is getting old that that said, he's only like three years removed from a Norris trophy winning season. So that's not even that long ago. So I, I think if you play him with the right partner, you know, you don't play him 25 minutes a night, you know, play, play him 20 minutes a night. I think he'll be fine. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I think, I think what they get here, the Leafs, what they get here is two incredibly high hockey IQ players, yes. which in the playoffs really matters. Like Giordano, you know, may not be the, 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 you know, the, the, the fastest guy on the ice, but damn his, his mind probably races as fast as any defenseman. And, and this Blackwell guy, uh, Joe, just so you know, his, his biggest asset is his hockey IQ, extremely smart, always knows where to be great hockey sense, makes great reads great passer, very skilled player. Uh, he's, you're going to love him. Like I, I said this when the Leafs got Jack Campbell. Okay. No one knew who Jack Campbell was. I said, he's going to be great. People are going to love him. People are going to love Colin Blackwell. He's going to get an extension. He is going to be a fixture for this lease team for the next three years. I'm calling it right now on the but, show. I, and I, this and is I'm, more than just a rental. Like this is legit. And Dubas today, when they interviewed him at his press conference, he said, I've been trying to get this guy for a while. That's what he said. And, and he said he couldn't get him, but he finally got him. And, and I'm very happy they did. So I, I see, I don't see this guy as a guy who's in and out, in and out. I see this guy as he could be a, a fixture. He can be yeah. a staple on that third line. I know they already like their third line, but I guess Kasha's injured now. So yeah, work think, around that. Think, yeah. And I think a lot of the, the deadline moves for Dubas was sort of changed. I think because he heard today that Kasha's injury isn't going to be too bad. And I, I, I have a, a strong suspicion that once he heard that, he said, I'm not going to spend any more cap space on a top six board because Kasha's yeah. going to be okay. I did think that if Kasha was out for long term, they would have definitely have to have had addressed the top six because you, you can't go into the playoffs with Kerfoot playing your left wing on the second line again. And, and I think I think the second line now is going to be some sort of combination of Tavares, Nylander, and you're going to have Kasha there. And I think you can't you can't possibly break up Matthews, Marner, and Bunting. That's like probably the Top, at least a top three line in the NHL. Like it, it, it's amazing there. And, you know, so um, yeah, I, I was, I was happy with that move and it's great to hear about Blackwell. I, di- I didn't know too much about him. You're going to love him. You're going to love thought him. His defensive acumen seems to be really, really high. And nope. there's some things in the playoffs where the Leafs have had, and there's like just little split second decisions where that changes a game, you know, you know, don't put yeah. over the glass. And and I think I agree with you. I think he'll probably play on the fourth line because that Kampf, McKay mm-hmm. and ball line mm-hmm. has been amazing. Yeah. Like, you don't want to break made, that it's amazing how much Kampf has changed the dynamics of not only mm-hmm. the, like, the penalty kill, but their defensive effort in their own zone at the end of the game with him there. So, but honestly, if you throw him on the fourth line with Spets and if you have Kerfoot even centering that line, that's a pretty, 
pretty oh, good yeah. fourth line. No, like, for, for too for too long, guys like Clifford and Simmons have yeah, not been carrying their one. weight. And I, and like, listen, so I, I, I think they're very displaceable. I love Wayne, but at the end of the day, this is a meritocracy. And you know, just yeah. because you're from Scarborough and and you know yeah. you're a fan favorite doesn't mean you get to play in the playoffs. And I would I would certainly rather have someone like Blackwell, Kerfoot, and, and Spezza who can yeah. still score play on that fourth line. So I agree with you. Uh Kyle, did Kyle Dubis fuck up on his deadline? Oh, I think he nailed this one in particular. Nice. This one, uh, it's a great deal. Giordano makes a lot of sense. And I know Blackwell very well from his days in the Rangers. He actually he played assisted, with Lafreniere, right? He, he assisted, assisted the game winner. First game against first Buffalo. Goal. Yeah, correct. Correct. And this guy was like, th- this guy played second line at, at times for the Rangers. Like he was, he's all over the place. Like he's a water bug. He's a small player, but uh, high, high energy and, and a very smart player. So Harvard educated too. Very, uh, very underrated. Bunny in his press conference. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much of an impact this Mark Giordano will have. This whoever this guy is, but uh, <laughs> can't be can't be all that bad. Can't be worse than what they got right now. Huh. Well, and I, I think the amazing thing is they didn't have to give up a first in this deal, right? For the for the longest time, uh, like Dubas was like, "I'm not giving up my first. I'm not giving up my first. Yeah, who's and, running uh, the Kraken? Ron Francis. <laughs> Ron He's Francis. an idiot. He's an yeah, idiot. <laughs> yeah, he has, it has not been great. But the, hey, they He's got a lot idiot. of picks now. They've, they've well, been they making like a lot of deals. Picks. They got a lot of picks. Yeah. yeah. Now they got now they got a hit on them, right? This, well, this they, got, they got pick, fleeced yeah. Picks only matter if you can hit. We'll just yeah, say they, that they weren't... Uh, they're not Las Vegas. Let's just say that. No, oh, no, no. Ouch. No. Yeah, we'll they got absolutely them. fleeced here. Oh, brutal. I couldn't believe it. Like I was in the yeah. store and I saw that. I'm like, how, like, how did that happen? Yeah. I thought for Seriously. sure. Like they, like the Leafs had to say, Oh them. yeah. Or, yeah. or not the lead. Like I figure anyone, like if the Leafs were going to give them a first, I figure they could have got a first from someone else, especially well, when see what Chirot went for. I Fuck fell that. for this fake troll account that said that the Leafs traded a first round pick, a second round pick Dermot and Matthew Nyes. And so did Doug Gilmore and Doug Gilmore retweeted it. Holy <laughs> shit. Tweet. I would have punched a hole in my wall if that happened, but. Good on Dubas, you know, and I'm glad wow. we're uh, we're all in agreement on this, especially when it comes to the leaf, which usually doesn't happen. So we'll put yeah. this as a ring moose first. <laughs> um, and and moving on from there, the Leafs make another deal. It's the uh, similar to Tyson Jost, you know, a young player who they had high hopes would really flourish in the Colorado organization. Uh, I think it's safe to say three or four years ago, the Leafs had the same hope for uh, young Travis Dermott. Yeah. And uh, it never quite paid out. You know, Travis Dermott four years ago was going to be the next great Leaf defenseman, a top four fixture um, who was going to, you know, move the puck, skate and play that Sheldon Keefe style. And uh, I, I don't know. I want Joe's take on this. It seems, you know, me to me, like he just never really attained that height. He kind of plateaued and yeah. uh, his potential was kind of cut short. So uh, he's off to uh, he's off to uh, Canucks. Yep. for a third round pick. So there you go. What do you think of the end of the Travis, Travis Dermott era? You know what? I, it's, it's, it sucks because I, I wanted Dermott to succeed so well, so badly. Like he was, he was, a, he's a Toronto boy. It was always his dream to play for the Leafs. And yeah, you know, he, he was, he, he was, uh, he was sort of your quintessential Toronto kid. Right. And, and I'm like, okay, I want to wish the best for this guy. But as the years went on, like you could tell that this guy was never going to materialize into a top four defenseman. And that's what they hope for him. And, and unfortunately, I think his Toronto tenure will always be marred by that inexplicable game six overtime spinorama against Montreal that oh, inevitably let of course. cost the Leafs the game. And what I think at that moment, the series, as soon as that puck hit the twine, that series was over. 
Um, that's how I remember him by now, unfortunately. And there's there there has been a lot of great Travis Dermott's moments, like when he scored his first NHL goal against the Islanders. That that meme of him with like his his eyes, like he was like so happy. That was like him and Hall's first game. But yeah, I, I'm happy the Leafs moved on from him. And and they really, you know, to be honest with you, they didn't really have a spot for him now with the addition of Jordano, like. Dermot's not better than Lilligren or Hall or Sandin for that third or Labushkin for that matter right now. So I don't think he could even play. So good for the Leafs. And I hope he gets a fresh start in, 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 in Vancouver. Bieksa today stupidly said he thinks he could be a top four defenseman, which is absolutely hilarious because Bieksa has been ragging on the Leafs defense all year. And it's only until he becomes a Canuck now that he's okay. He's fine. But um, yeah, I'm happy he moved, we moved on from him. And uh, I wish, uh, I wish uh, Derm's nothing but the best. Okay. Um, to the biggest blockbuster of the day, uh, which I considered to, of the whole trade deadline, the whole week, because this one was the one that genuinely like shocked me of all like the Giroud didn't oh. shock me. Like none of like those were all, we all heard about those. This one actually shocked me. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury to the Minnesota mm. wild for a conditional first round pick. The condition on this one being, of course, it's a second rounder. But if uh, if Minnesota makes it to the conference final and Fleury plays in four games uh, up until that point in the playoffs, that second will turn into a first. I think that's the stipulation. Do you know, is there any salary retained? Um, you got a figure given uh, Fleury's cap hit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I do know Minnesota's cap situation. Like it, it's very, it's flexible right now, but then as soon as next year, it gets really shaky because they end up taking on like the buyout money of Parise and Suter, uh, and that all kicks in. So that's why everyone's saying this year is very win now for Minnesota because starting next year, they're in salary cap purgatory. Right, right. Uh, so, so I don't know about the cap, that cap thing, but I guess it's kind of a, it's, it's a moot point given we're past the deadline and. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's not like free money is going to ma- give you any assets right now anymore, you know? No. Um, but yeah, no. So so there you have it. I mean, Flurry, A, he ends up getting traded, which for uh, people weren't thinking he was going to get traded because of the whole family situation, you know, yeah. he, he had a, he, he only apparently his his list was very short, you know, of teams he was willing to go to. Uh, one of those being the Leafs that he wasn't willing to go to. Yep. Um, and, and so A, that surprised me. And B, it surprised me that, you know, Minnesota, like what a, what a big move, like what a win now move. Like clearly you don't have, it it shows you have no faith in Cam Talbot and, uh, and you go ahead and make this deal. So yeah, I was genuinely shook. This one got my attention today. It was the only deal today that really like got my attention. So uh, yeah. What did you guys think? Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, honestly, like I, I, I think that's, I think that trade was the trade that Dubas wanted to make, but he obviously didn't want to play for Toronto. As we know, he wasn't on his short list. And uh, I think that's a great deal for, uh, for Minnesota. They, they just solidified their goaltending for the playoffs and say what you want about Flurry, Flurry's numbers this year. I mean, you know, he was playing in front of one of the worst teams in hockey in Chicago. Um, Minnesota is a good defensive team for the most part. Um, and there's just like a magic to Mark Andre Flurry in the playoffs, except against the Habs last year to my demise, um, that I bet on them. But, um, he, he's, he's, he's a quintessential playoff goalie. And I think, you know, that's, that's a great trade for Minnesota, especially considering that they got half, the, I think it was half the salary had to be retained by, um, by Chicago. So okay, yeah, there you go for them. And, and if I were, and I guarantee you, if that was, for example, beliefs on his shortlist, Dubas would have made that trade in a heartbeat and 
but uh, you know, it just was in the cards, but uh, no good for Minnesota. I'm glad he uh, is able to have a chance at winning a, uh, a Stanley cup because uh, he deserves it. And he's a, uh, he's a, he's also just a great guy, you know, good character on Marc-Andre Fleury. So do you guys, do you guys have any idea what the whole drama is between Kyle Dubas making a comment about Davidson in Chicago? Like he's, he made some sort of snide comment about like calling him out on unprofessionalism or something. Yeah. Like, so what I, what I, what I imagine happened was I, I, I believe there was a trade in the works between Chicago and Toronto for Hagel flurry, a couple of, some ridiculous asking price Chicago one. And in any event, it wouldn't have gone through because we know now that flurry wasn't on his trade list. Those details were leaked to Derek to Dreger. And usually like trades that fall through, I guess the NHL code is, you know, you shouldn't right. leak those trades. And right, Kyle right, just made right. that comment saying, you know, maybe he, sh- I, I don't know why he did that. He shouldn't have done that. And then Kyle, uh, the GM of Chicago basically said, I'll have that discussion in private with Mr. Dubas to talk about that. So that's basically, it wasn't really much drama. It was just two, mm-hmm. you know, GMs throwing it out there, but you know, what are you going to do? Well, I, I like I, it. It's GM, GM trash talking. You don't see that very often. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a great deal for, for Minnesota. Yeah. It's also a great deal for Chicago because let's let's be honest, this like Flurry would have walked, so they got a first rounder, and he would have walked. Um, but well, like, you don't know, you don't know if it'll be a first. I mean, I I, I I'm actually true. I actually wasn't impressed. Like I, I I was convinced there would be they would get a first for Flurry. I thought you'd get a first rounder for sure with no stipulations. Well, that's so the, the fact. Thing. The fact Minnesota has to get through like Colorado in Calgary. To, to, to even get to, to, for that to even turn into a first round pick, I think is speaks volumes. Well, I think, I think this, de- they, they got a first and that's it because of Flurry's like, honestly, shitty, no, no movement yeah. clause. Yeah. I think that's right. everything. Yeah. Up. Yeah. But like, that's You're the thing. Right. Like they got a conditional first round pick for like a, for like a playoff goalie that has won Stanley Cups before. And you start conditional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pick for that. But, Again, then you see the guys like Hagel going for two first round. Like the, it makes right. no sense. Like the market is, is so weird. It it's crazy. No and uh, a hot take. My my personal hot take is um, with this trade, the Leafs lost completely lost their chance at a, at a cup, completely. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't I don't know how how good Jack's going to be. However, um, the fact that Mark Andre Fleury would even be on the roster would have been oh, incredible because you know that. that Literally First solves all, everything. I agree. I, I I wouldn't. I I think I think that would be. I I guarantee you, man. If, if that if he wanted to come to Toronto and that was the trade, Dubas would have made that trade 100. They could have easily fit that in under the cap. And you know, Sandine is now hurt with a knee injury, so you know the LTI yeah. arm room was there. But it's unfortunate. You know, it is what it is. But uh, like I said, I mean, I'm I'm happy they didn't start spelling out picks for like fucking Varlamov. Flurry was the only goalie that I wanted them to trade for, and I think that would have been a great move for them. But was why, not why would Flurry not want to go to Toronto? I think there's a there's a couple of reasons. I, I think first of all, like Nick was saying about his family, Minnesota is relatively close to Chicago, and I don't think at this point in his career he wanted to uproot them. Secondly, I think that he knew that going to Toronto, um, it during the playoff season at his age, like there's going to be a lot of weight on his shoulders. And if I'm Mark Andre Flurry, I'm like, you know what? Why would I want to go to that? I wouldn't. And you know what? Minnesota has a chance at winning the cup too. They're, they're similar to the Leafs in terms of standings and chances at the cup. Minnesota's a big hockey market, but nothing's like Toronto or Montreal. Right. So that's what I, that's what I believe in. I don't, I don't think it was anything other than that. Those two things, I guess. And we will, we'll never really know the reason why. So it's. Yeah. And and a third, third factor you could probably add is he probably sees the the contention the Leafs have to get through 
to, yeah. to even get to like an East final. He sees yeah. the Atlantic it's and he's like, fuck that. That's all. Whereas the West is a little more open. You know, if you can avoid Colorado and Calgary, it's a little open. Well, if you can um, avoid Colorado and Calgary and you have, you're, 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 you're flying. Cause none of the yeah, other cause those other teams aren't threats. Nashville, St. Louis, no. uh, Minnesota, or, well, uh, or Vegas. Those aren't threats. Uh, Edmonton right. and LA. Those aren't threats. No. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think yeah. he's thinking, he's thinking very forward. He's like, if I'm going to move away from my family, a, it's got to be close and B it's got to be for another chance at a cup. And I think he sees Minnesota as kind of like a sneaky dark horse. Maybe they can uh, finagle their way into an, uh, like a West final. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So we'll see. Uh, and I, I like the deal for them because I, I, I think that they're a very good team. I've always been high on Minnesota, but they, their goaltending has always been, you know, a little rough around the edges. They've never really had a star goalie. This is the first time Minnesota has really had a star goalie. You know, Dubnik could never get them far. Talbot could not get them far. Uh, I'm very high on Minnesota now with this deal. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Why did Colorado try to do that? They should have done uh, well, they're happy with their goal. I feel yeah, like in the last month or so, it's Kemper, really stabilized. Yeah. Their goalie tending is really stabilized. Kemper started off not so good, but what's in the, the past between, month, he's been one of the best. What's the difference between this year's Kemper and last year's Grubauer? Um, on, well, I, honestly, I think that uh, Kemper's a, a little bit more established. Sure. And um, honestly, it, it to me, it comes just down to health. If, if one of them... If, if Kemper can stay healthy, I think that, you know, the, the world is theirs kind of thing. Yeah. And no, if he can stay healthy. Like, I was just thinking, like, I think if Colorado got flurry, I, I think we could just hand them the cup. Yeah, probably, like, probably. Like, then, like they, you, you don't want a, a guy as, as established as Kemper as a backup, you know? No. So that, yeah, I mean, it would be an embarrassment of riches in, in too many areas. I, I don't know if they'd be able to do it, but yeah, no, that would, that would be unbelievable for sure. Yeah, it was because I was wondering. I'm like, you know, like Colorado too has always been criticized for not having the guy in net, and that would certainly be the guy at least for this playoffs. So that was just right. that was the interesting uh, spitball I had there. Yeah, I mean, if if Kemper does go down, you've got Francois. So he's he's, an, he's a serviceable backup. It's just it is a it's a it's a weak point I'd say is the goaltending depth, but yeah. But and they always seem to go down. That's the thing. And and yeah. Kemper's an injury prone guy. It's very scary. Okay. It's, it's very deal. scary. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, mirror similarities between the Colorado plight in the playoffs, aside from winning around in the least plight in the playoffs. Someone always seems to go down in an inopportune time. I I su- you know what though? I don't know if the Leafs have had that excuse except for last year. Have they? Well, Muzzin got hurt the year before too against Columbus. Remember game four, I think he broke his knee towards towards the, oh, okay. yeah. All right. And then Kadri being suspended the year before it's been uh, two yeah. years in a row, actually. So it's been, uh, it's been a series of calamities for both teams in their respective. Uh, fine. Fine. Well, regardless to Kyle's point, I still trust Kemper more because again, he's established group hour kind of came out of nowhere. You kind of had the feeling it was kind of like a fluky, historically good season for him. And we're seeing that now with how much he struggled in, uh, in, in, in Seattle. Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas Kemper has always been a, a, a fan, uh, like he's just always been a name. His, his name holds weight. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think his, his rounding into form right at the right time here. So we'll see on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, uh, two really quick ones. I don't want to spend too much time on these guys, but they probably should be covered anyways. Uh, a guy who was number one on TSN's trade bait board, 
uh, Ricardo Raquel oh, God. going to uh, going to Pittsburgh. Uh, how is he going to fit alongside Sidney Crosby? This this goes for a second rounder, Zach Aston Reeks, uh, Dominic Simone, and and Kale Klang. So a second rounder and two NHL players. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a perfect perfect fit. Honestly, mm-hmm. this this has got you know Brian Burke written all over it. This is a great great player. Uh, very, very versatile, perfect second line guy. Um, your, your top line's probably solidified Gensel, Crosby, Russ, but this guy's going to find a home next to, next to Malkin yeah. and, uh, and good, good playoff guy, gritty kind of, kind of feisty in your face kind of guy. Uh, this is a great move, very underrated. Um, and I don't think they paid too much it, to me. This is an absolute no brainer. What I would have liked is maybe they get a little more defensive insulation as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, this is an awesome, awesome move. Yeah, you, you that that they they've needed someone to play alongside Gino for a long time, um, and, and Kapanen isn't it? He stinks. Um, he does. But, he does. And, and talk talk about a guy with no heart, just a fucking, you know. Anyways, it's a bag of milk. Yeah, Raquel is a, a great a great addition. He's a he's going to be a good forward in the playoffs. He's a big boy. He can score. Um, I think that's what they're looking for there, and. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's sneaky, sneaky good. Like they, like you, I don't, I don't think anyone wants to play them in the playoffs. The only thing that can sink them is their defensive lapses and Yari playing mm-hmm. like he did. Because I remember we discussed this after our post-mortem show in the playoffs. That was one of the few series where you can legitimately say, and, and you know, people like to blame the goalie, but that was one of the few series you can say that like Tristan Yari single-handedly cost them that series. They would have beat the Islanders hands down if it wasn't for Yari. 100%. So that's really the only thing that can stop them this year. That, and I'm not too crazy about their bottom defensive pairings, but um, they've really solidified their forward group. They're excellent defensively. They're like, a, as a forward group, I mean, they're very good defensively. They can, and now, you know, they're even more dangerous on the power play and with Raquel there. So yeah, that's, and look at the return. There was nothing. Zach Aston Reese is a great, is, was a great defensive forward, but he could never score. He wasn't a very good offensively. And Dominic Simone's won a fourth liner. So you make that trade 10 times out of 10. You know what's crazy too about this deal? I mean, Pittsburgh has a knack of turning guys of this nature yes. into yes. stars. Yes. Like a guy like Brian Russ can come to Pittsburgh yeah. and turn into Brian Russ point per game player. Yep. I, I can't imagine what Raquel can do. Like this, they, this has got a lot of good things written on it. Dude, they they have lineups at the start of the year where they're injured with like random fucking people and they always yes. just like fucking win. Like it's insane. Like there's guys whose names that like you think are just like NHL rando generator names and they just show up and play. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I think like, and this Raquel guy, it's not like he's a rando guy. He's good. Like I, I mm-hmm. was, he was on my radar for a long time with the Leafs. Like I wanted to get him too, but couldn't make the money work, but this is an excellent trade for Pittsburgh. Who's already a very, a very good team. They're a top 10 team too. They're, I think they're like a couple of points back in the Leafs. They're a top 10 hockey yeah. team in the league. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, honestly though, to me, very, very hard team to read in terms of making a playoff prediction. They are and, and very and, hard. And, and I think it's tough too because they're gonna they're gonna have to play the Rangers or like Oof. possibly Carolina. And if they fall into a wild card spot like Florida, like that oh god, those are I, tough matches. And like I think like in terms of their forward groups, I would take Pittsburgh's all day over the Rangers is just Shostarkin is is correct. Incredible. Correct. I mean it, Jari's the big wild card. Obviously, he's had an amazing season, but he was good last year too, and completely yeah. fell apart. So, who who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? No one can predict them. They're a very weird team to predict. 
every year I bet on them to go very, very deep. And they've lost in the first round. I, I want to say three, four years in a row now. Yeah. Wow. They're still, I mean, I still wouldn't want to face them. I, I would avoid them like the plague. Yeah. 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 Cause there is that X factor that we all know about, which is oh, the, yeah. the two headed monster that yeah. can turn it on. So free with Latang. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And Jeff no, I, Hey, they're a team I'd happily like put some dark horse money on. I think they're oh. plus 1600 right now, which is pretty For good sure. value uh, to the That's betting. Not man. A bad, that is uh, Joe. Not a bad, yeah. We should no, do Rinko's no. betting. Yeah. Rinko's yes. betting. Yeah. Well, last year, last year, I famously put money on four teams before the playoffs started. One of which was the Islanders. And I would have been a rich man if they went all the way. They went, obviously oh, yeah. went to the conference final and, uh, I was yeah, hoping for your downfall. It. I hate the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, like, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of good value out there. So I, I think that's a good idea. We can definitely yes. make that. That's why, segment. like, we're in the season, man. I'm, I'm really, really excited for these predictions mm-hmm. for, this, mm-hmm. for this playoff prediction mm-hmm. season. It's going to be unbelievable. I I, I will uh, I will jo- definitely join that show, but I refuse to make a prediction on the Leaf series. I, I can't. <laughs> Such a baby, course. man. Such a I baby. can't do it. Um, okay, and one last one. Um, again, this one kind of trickled in at the end of the day. Um, uh, Carolina got in on the action and they, uh, they acquire Max Domi from, uh, from, uh, uh, the, the blue jackets, Max Domi and Tyler in for Aiden Hreshchuk. Uh, yeah. What, what did you make of this? So Ca- Carolina is so interesting, right? Cause they keep acquiring these tumultuous character kind of players like Tony D'Angelo. And now they yeah. go out and acquire right. Max Domi, who obviously has yeah. a checkered pass. So is this just more playing up the narrative that this team is the evil team? I uh, no, I, I don't think you can possibly see this as the evil team anymore because I, I think they're allowed to and able to do stuff like this because Rod Brindamore is such a, such a presence and he, he wouldn't uh, tolerate any nonsense anyways. So I think the room is under wraps and I think that's why they're able to, to make moves like this. Uh, I think it's a it's a good move. I don't even know who this fresh Chuck guy is. No, I don't either. So yeah, if you can get Domi on like your your bottom six to even even as like a pest, like to muck it up a little bit, mm-hmm. you don't even have to ask him to score. I think that for that very reason, it's a good move. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, well, yeah, well, they needed to do something. A lot of people were giving them shit that they hadn't do, done anything. So what what um, I think is is cringy is that like. Carolina has caught Kaniemi and, and Domi now, which I think yeah. is just cringe. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Montreal scraps that, yeah. And like, like what are you doing? Yeah. I, I listen, I think Max Domi is a, like a good, like shit disturber. Like, and, and I, I and for who they got, they traded nobody's like go for it, Carolina, but it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's a, he's a very tumultuous character. He's, he's, um, I don't think he was as bad as D'Angelo, but he's, he's still a, he's still a bit of a fucking clown. Um, but like you said, I think there's so much like leadership in that room and, um, you know, Brendan Moore's a great coach. So I think it's a good move for them. Like you can't have, you can never have too many pests in the playoffs, especially if you're yeah. playing like a, a team like Boston, who you very well might meet in the first round. You got to outpass them, right? Sure. So there's nothing right. wrong with that, I think. And Carolina is also in a bit of a, that might be a little bit of a reactionary trade too, because I think they're mired in the middle of a four game losing streak now. Correct me if I'm wrong. They are. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been playing some really, um, some un-Carolina Hurricanes like hockey, but we yeah. talked about this, Nick. I mean, you know, at, at some point, Freddie Anderson is Freddie Anderson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. No, I, uh, I, I continued. Come playoffs, I do not have faith in their goaltending. I, I, uh, 
for the mm-hmm. regular season, sure. You know, he's always been a great regular season goalie. Not, no I, predict, I predicted he'd be great. I took him in fantasy, and and and, yeah. and it's been great for me. But I, I maintain in the playoffs. I think he's got the bugaboos. I, I truly from, do. Aside from yeah. last year's regular season, which he was yeah. actually awful. Yeah. He's, he's, and even against the Leafs, like it just in games where there's a lot of emotion and drama in them, yeah. like when he comes back to play the Leafs a, a week ago, like yeah. he just doesn't look himself. Like he, he kind of like he he looks he looked awful. He, oh yeah, and like that that McKay of goal strap. Like you know how many yeah. times I've seen that. Oh, joke. I've seen that so many times, and joke. that's and that's what did that. You know, speaking of a team that maybe should have traded for Flurry, Carolina. Mm, who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm. Sure, sure. Um, okay, and then lastly, this one just feeds more my selfish desire. Uh, all day I was waiting patiently. What would my Vegas Golden Knights do on trade deadline day? They got to do something. And uh, nope, they stand pat. No sexy goalie acquisition. No sexy uh, forward or defense acquisition. No, they trade away Evgeny Dadanov for uh, for uh, for some cap space. Uh, they get the Ryan Kessler contract, John Moore, and they trade away Dadanov in a second round pick. It's it's alleged that the cap space they save will be around 3.375 million. So you can only imagine that's to help get these guys like Stone and Patchetti back in the lineup if yeah. if they can. I guess that's what they see it as. It's like our trade lo- our trade de- deadline acquisition is getting Mark Stone or Patchetti back into our lineup and if we have to right. clear cap to do that, we're going to do it. So that's yeah, sad. there there you go. That's the move they make. Uh as of 5 minutes ago, they've lost 3 nothing to the Minnesota Wild shutout yet again. Uh this this team is struggling, they're reeling. They're, uh, they're in trouble. Yeah. Dude, I love they that. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. I mean, could um, you imagine? I really I, love that. Could you imagine at the start of the year where we were like, you know, Edmonton and Vegas might not make the playoffs this year. Like, it's oh nuts. My God. Oh, yeah. you know what's good, though? I didn't notice this, but uh, Eichel's not injured anymore. No, he's been he's playing, playing the last two games. Yeah, yeah I, I, I've totally missed that. He's just, he's, just, gotta, he's just not scoring. I gotta ask if you're, you know, if you, you know, I know you're not the biggest Austin Matthews fan, but you, you gotta admit that Jack Eichel is, is, is a team killer. He's a problem. He's, he's a, a problem. He's a problem. Like Matthews is nowhere near that. Like, I mean, I, I don't think he is at all. But you can't put them on the same level in terms of team killers. Right. Right. Yeah. There's he's something. Like, e- there's something egotistical about. I don't know Eichel, what's wrong but, with him. Yeah. Like even after like uh, that comment after the game. First of all. I believe they just got pumped 5-1. Yeah, right, right. And he goes right. on and chirps the Buffalo fans who've done nothing but support that fucking rancid-ass organization for five years. Yeah. And what, what the fuck is that, Jack? Like, You know what, though? It also, if you look at the highlights of that, it looked like it looked like the Buffalo players didn't really like him. That might be you true. Know? Like, I, I've heard he's a, a prick, like. Like it just it didn't see it didn't get a warm welcome from them. I, I saw even uh what's it some I forget his name, but some depth guy on Buffalo like kind of mocking Eichel after the face off by rolling his neck. Oh yeah. Like man, like you like Cody Eakin was his name. You you must really not like this guy to to pull that. Like that there's no respect there. No, like it's, it's yeah. and you have to wonder why. So and that man was your <laughs> so, captain for like four years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah there's something behind the scenes. I don't think this is a leader. Well, Nick, what do you think? think? You're a Vegas fan. Oh, I love, well, I love the com. I love the delivery. He was like, it only took seven years of me leaving and get into the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. It was great TV. But here's the interesting thing is a guy who follows his team every day. 
I watch all their media availabilities because, of course, I'm obsessed with Pete DeBoer. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, Jack Eichel, he hasn't had a single media availability since really? those comments. Yeah. Wow. He, he wow. refuses to meet the media. He's, he's just a sore loser. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, he's, yeah, his, his character issues have, have prolonged into Vegas. And, uh, yeah, they, they, I mean, I don't, I don't, I like, again, I look at the standings. They, they now, Dallas now has four games in hand. So Vegas has played 65 games. Dallas has only played 61. And Dallas is one point behind them. And, the, and then, and then don't look now, but the Winnipeg Jets, Kyle's wow. Winnipeg Jets, yeah, uh, they, they have two, two games in hand on Vegas, four points back. And tomorrow night, huge game in Winnipeg, Vegas, Winnipeg. So, so that's a that that's Vegas. Tomorrow is the, the Jets shit. season is on the line tomorrow. According to well, this is the I usually don't I don't like using this, but it's the only available one I had. I mean, I forgot my athletic login account on my computer, but it looks like Vegas right now has a fifty eight point two percent chance of making the playoffs after tonight. Winnipeg's got a nine percent chance uh, as of tonight. So I don't think you know it'll be a tough for the Jets, but beating Vegas tomorrow, like I, I can't imagine their playoff chances being above fifty percent if they lose against Winnipeg. Yeah, like Winnipeg's done if they lose tomorrow. But if they win, yeah. if they win, right. then you're two points back with two games in hand. I will certainly be I rooting that's, for that. That's incredible. I will certainly yeah. be rooting for Vegas. Of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it's going to be interesting, right? I said they should have got a goaltender. And now, you know, Leonard, they don't know what his injury status is. And, and now you're rolling with this Thompson guy and this and Larry Bossois. Is it um, not also, you know, criminal that the... Oilers didn't inquire about a goaltender. Oh, criminal. Why? Like, I mean, oh my God. Like, oh I, my I don't, God. Like, there's no, like, it, it just baffles me because it's like, okay, first of all, like, we knew going into the year with that defense core, they were going to need goaltending. I mean, we all knew looking at that defense core, even on paper, Barry, CeCe, Duncan Keith, like, these guys weren't going to be good. Um, you know, now you've had that problem. They're, 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 they're playing better now, admittedly, but they're good. They, they st- like Koskinen and Mike, and, and I, you know my feelings on Mike Smith. You know, they stink. Like they, they <laughs> I don't understand how they could do this to McDavid. That poor guy. Like I just, I don't get it. And like, at least, and it's different from like the Leafs situation where it's like, okay, like yes, Jack has been playing terrible for months, but you saw a body of work in the playoffs last year where he was very good. Like Koskinen just sucks. Like there's no history of him being good. So I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know why, like, I don't know why, like what, what yeah. was Ken Holland thinking? Like, I don't, I don't get it. That's, that's hor- uh, it's horrible decision-making. I, I am so frustrated by the Oilers manager. Yeah. You gotta be like, you because know, because you want them, you want to see them in the playoffs. Everyone does, but it's like, well, I, don't, but I, mean, I, I would like to see McDavid succeed. That's right. That's right. And that would be, that would be primetime television, except for fucking what it was last year, which was a, a righteous mess. A gong show. I don't get it. They got a fucking. It's not hard to like. I, I don't think it's that hard to make sensible moves. No. Like I don't know. Like yes, juggling the cap and relationships and all that is difficult. But like the stuff they've been doing, decision making wise, is so bloody like, why, questionable. Why go after like, like your defense is yeah, but like they, they go after Brett Kulak and I'm just like okay, but. I don't know. Like maybe they could have like, even like if I were them, I would have even tried to like, say, you know what? Like Anton Forsberg come to fucking Vegas. I'm sorry. Edmonton. He's, he's yeah. a decent goalie. Just anyone, know. you know, like, uh, they Georgiev, 
They should have picked anybody. Up, they should have picked up Morazic. Seriously, he yeah. can't be worse than Koskinen. No, no. It's a terrible uh, tandem they have there. It's like they're not doing like what must David be thinking right now? You know, like it's just not McDavid doing him justice. Thinking, McDavid is thinking, I can't wait to go to Toronto in oh my god. Oh it's, boy. How do you have faith in this tandem? Like, how, what is Ken Holland thinking? Like See, it's been time after time. How many playoff yeah, runs do you have to how many exits after the first round do you have to go to to realize this isn't gonna cut it? Mike Smith's not gonna cut it. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's like it's like it's like clockwork. It's like every year they start off their yeah. hot in the power play, yeah. they start scoring, then in the middle of the season they start losing a bunch of games because they can't get a save, and then they'll they'll start coasting their way to the playoffs, and then in the playoffs they're just gonna get lit up. Who who are they set to pay in the first round right now if it's season ended today? Oh boy, let's see. Uh, LA, which they might actually beat. That's a pretty they, good matchup. They'd beat see, LA. See, you, you think they would, but like, do, do you trust Kos- a Koskinen versus Jonathan Quick, quick matchup? Um, I don't know. <laughs> honestly, I, on it, like LA, they've been a nice surprise this year, and 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 that. But I, I think that's a that's a matchup where I think a superstar like McDavid can really break open. Right. You know, I yeah, I, yeah. I, I know Quick's kind of old now. It, it quicks lost his job, uh, Joe. It's it's Cal Peterson manning the net oh, there in LA. Oh, is it Cal? Yeah, I don't even. I have who's, who's great. Cal Peterson is like infinitely better than than those two guys. So to answer your question, no, Edmonton goaltending wise does not does not match up in that matchup. That's but that that's scary, is it not? Like if you're like yeah. or the, you know. Oh, they're that, done. Yeah, like they're it, so what they're they're so ready to be blasted out after one or two rounds. Like it's a, it's going to be another disappointing postseason if they make well, it. But we're all just counting down till he comes to Toronto, anyways. So no, <laughs> he he wouldn't do that. Oh, I don't know about that. I I submit personally that if there was no salary cap, he would be on the lease right now. Come on, come on, you know it and I know it. He's a big Leaf fan. Grew up as a Leaf fan, and it, the the funny thing is, I just like I feel so bad for him, but the like um. The, the pressers after the playoffs in his grumpy face when they lose, like it's just, yeah. Not to mention, compounded by the fact that you're living in Edmonton, like he must hate his life. I don't blame him. Yeah, Edmonton's nice. I like Edmonton. You you have a very large and liberal uh, definition of the, <laughs> of, the, of the word nice. Well, they're um, locked in a tie with with Colorado right now, so they're they're killing it. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Um, but no, I mean, there, there, I was going to wrap up this show by asking you guys winners and losers, but I think Edmonton's a good way to just talk about the losers. They're my loser. If I had to pick another one, I'd probably go Vancouver. Uh, I, I think Vancouver, they're kind of a weird team. That's kind of caught in limbo. It's like, we can't compete. We're not quite there yet with those other teams, but we also didn't make the decision to sell. They could have gotten a big, big package for JT Miller. I, I do strongly believe that. And by not pulling the trigger today, I think they missed out on an opportunity. It's like, why are you keeping this guy yeah. if you're not going on a run this year? They're clearly not going to go on a run. So why did you keep him? You could have fucking, you could have got like three first round picks or, or something like that for JT Miller. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't, I don't get what Vancouver's doing. Like, yeah. again, and again, this market's weird, but if Brandon Hague went for two first round picks, what do you think someone would pay for a guy like JT Miller? And, right. and, and, oh, insane. And, and the weird part is about it is like it's just like again like what direction are you headed in? You guys can't compete. Might as well just see what you can get for him. And they didn't do it. Huge, huge losers. I'll say my loser is probably the Senators for making one of the biggest head scratchers and that? getting hey, Travis. Hey, Pierre Maguire's trade deadline debut. Oh boy. Yeah. 
Travis Hamannick for a third, like a 2022 third. Like that for a horrible defenseman. Like why are you adding like why um, why it, what is that about? Why would you trade any draft capital at all for him? Kyle, for a it's third, such a, it's such a Pierre move. It's like I want that grinding big defenseman. I don't care about the salary cap repercussions. Oh, Just give me him. They, uh, it's, it's a horrible, people, those horrible poor play. people in Ottawa deserve better than but you, they did make a good trade today, Kyle. They they acquired Matthew Joseph from Tampa. I think yeah, that's, that, a good deal. that's a good one. That's yeah. pretty savvy. It's pretty savvy move. Speedy, there. He'll fit right in there. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, But uh, I mean, those poor people in Ottawa can do so much better than a trio of, Oof. you know, <laughs> Melnick, Maguire and Dorian. Oh, they're so fucked. Dorian yeah. says this is Dorian said this is the last trade deadline where they're going to be sellers. Oh. I, I don't buy that for a fucking second. What is this? Like year 25 of the they're, 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 they're like statistically they're worse this year in the standings than last year. Yeah. Last year supposed like, to I be was, better. Last year. I was worried about Ottawa this year. Cause I'm like, you have Stutzel this year. You have, awful. you have a, you have a growing Josh Norris and, and the, a, a growing yeah. Shabbat and you're worse. Is Stutzel a bust? Like are we? No, no, no. He's, no, he's I, actually I, doing no, really yeah. well recently. Is he playing better? Cause at the beginning of the year, he was terrible. He had like he's, two he's doing goals. a lot better. He had two goals for like three months. And he was and he's and he's his his uh his uh he's taken a knack for flopping too, eh, Kyle? His, yeah, uh, he's, he's not he, his rep around the league is not very good. He's That's not well liked around the league. He yeah, might be character. the biggest flopper in the league right now. Yeah. He probably yeah. is. Yeah. Other than Michael Bunting. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. But you like Bunting and you know you do. Yeah. Who does? You. No, I don't. You love Michael Bunting. No, I do not. Bunting's like a guy where you, you hate him if he's not in your team, but you'd want him on your team. That's like, oh me my God, yeah. I hate Brandon Gallagher, but God, would I love him on my team. Uh, uh, I can't say, I can't say, can't comment. Um, you're okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and one winner from each of you. So my mine's, I'd probably go Minnesota. Yeah. That's horrible. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Fine. It's the ballsiest move of the dead deadline. I, I think they get. I think for me, they get the winner prize. I I have I have three winners. Oh, okay. Fuck. I have Colorado. I think they got infinitely better. Um, I have the Leafs with Giordano. I think that's exactly what their need is. And I have Montreal for managing to <laughs> turn poop into gold. <laughs> it's, it's quite it's quite it's it like quite it's incredible remarkable. what no, that yeah, huge guy I, has done in his short time is pretty incredible oh my god and we and <laughs> I can't didn't, believe and, we, had we, didn't any... even, we didn't even discuss the arturi lekanin deal who by the way is, yeah. is also another great trade what so. did they get for him it was like a justin baron and a second round yeah justin baron was a first rounder wasn't he? he's a solid prospect listen montreal colorado and the leafs are my three winners and yeah I, probably rank them in that order and even oh though my god the playoffs this year um you know i hate to give credit to those those losers but um you know like i said poop into gold man poop into gold mm. yeah they, they probably could have even traded like jake allen for like a second round pick but uh, oh my but god. i guess they didn't quite want to go that far well, they, they even got rid of hands right so oh that yeah. was a mistake that was their worst <laughs> move yeah so i will go First of all, I really loved uh, the Rangers moves. Like I think they got they got Andrew Kopp, they got uh, Tyler Mott, and they got uh, Vetrano. And I don't think they gave out too too much. They got rid of Barron and a couple second rounders, and that was only the the only notable pieces they left. So they become more New York Rangery. 
which is great. Uh, Montreal, for all the reasons you you suggested there, um, this Morgan, this Justin Barron guy is a really good. He's a really good defensive prospect. Uh, and then I will go to Florida because they got uh, they got infinitely better. I, I know they paid a lot, but they they did exactly what they set out to do. They got the best forward of the entire day, and they got a defenseman that is really going to help them. So I think that uh, Florida's got to be a winner for me. Um, yeah, and, and another thing to tack on to my Minnesota pick, another trade they made, uh, which was too small to mention earlier, but I think it's a big, a good one. So because they get the goalie in flurry, they trade their backup Kakanen in yeah. a fifth rounder to, to San Jose. And, and they end up getting that Jacob Middleton guy who the Leafs were really inquiring on. Apparently, he's like a really good top four defenseman, very underrated guy. He's, and they yeah. end up getting him. So not only do they get an improvement on, uh, not only do they get Flurry, but they also get a really good defenseman. Mm. Uh, so another reason to like them. And then another one, I, I guess another team we didn't, we didn't quite mention, but I, I guess, uh, yeah, Anaheim did really well, right? Like they got a lot for Raquel. Mm-hmm. They, got, they got a good return for Manson. And, and all those guys are expiring contracts, right? So basically, instead of letting guys walk, they ended mm-hmm. up getting great value, you know, for basically guys who were going to leave them anyway. So yeah. kudos. Yeah, I, they've, they've completely gutted their defense, but uh, it doesn't matter when you're, when you're do, going yeah. for the lottery and, and, and you got like, let's face it all year. It, they were a nice story, but they were never going to be a playoff yeah. team. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad it. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that new GM went there and just, he realized, Hey, this, this is cute and all, but we can't compete versus those other teams. So let's just sell the farm. Right. Yeah. That's uh, that's a good summation of it. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think Anaheim, yeah. I didn't even consider that. They got a lot like good they did. and they have a yeah. very good future. So. Yeah, no, I, of course. And they will be right there in the, uh, the Shane Wright sweepstakes as well. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I think that the jury's still out on their future. I think they've got a lot of work to do. Well, once Gibson goes to the Leafs next year, we'll... Uh, we'll, we'll yeah, exactly. It. Then they'll have to fill that hole. Yeah. I mean, that uh, that that kid they got coming up is pretty fucking amazing. Who? The guy who killed it in the World Juniors? Peter Bro Peets? Peter, yeah, McDavich. Oh. Is, McDavich yeah. is a star. He's yeah, a star. He, he looks good. That was men versus boys. Yeah. Yes, you know? it was. Yeah. I don't think people were... I wasn't expecting him to be this good. And then I saw the world juniors and how he was dominating. And I was like, this guy's really good. This I'm guy might be better than Jamie Drysdale. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He's, he is the perfect, the perfect player there. Yeah. But no, and I'd agree. Yeah, yeah. 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 Drysdale stumbled a bit, but as we know, defensemen take a little longer to yeah. uh, develop, right? They're so I, I think fine. we give him some slack. Unlike I that guess. fucking loser torts. I think Zegras is great yeah. for the game too. Yeah. Fuck him. Um, okay, well, that does it. Uh, we're about at an hour and a half. Uh, good show all together, boys. I'm glad we kept things kosher here. Uh, no, no fighting across the screens there. No, 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 Joe's no, not no. asking anyone to whack Kyle live on the air here. Oh, no, we're, we're, we're good. We're over I that. One more comment before yeah. we go. Yeah. Uh, Shane Wright sucks. <laughs> he does. Like, he is terrible. And you know what's even worse, Nick? Are his numbers really that bad? Has has, has hey, he not gotten better? I thought he picked it up. Listen, put put the numbers aside. I I had a scout. I saw a scout say his effort level is is not good. <laughs> that's so, not that's not a good. 
It's yeah. not a good sign. And he's not lying about it. Why would he All lie right. about well, that? Well, I'm going to I'm going to tune into the CHL uh, top prospects game on Wednesday and I'm going to see him light oh. up uh, the opposition and then I gotta and we'll say talk, this, okay? Uh, the having the CHL and TSN is amazing because sometimes they show the Frontenac's game and they'll show like Kingston, the general area around it. Oh, nice. Oh, fuck, I like, like that. That takes and a, uh and another thing Kyle that, memory lane. Oh, I love that. That's great. And and another thing, Kyle, they're getting the uh, they're getting the overdrive boys to to coach that game, the the top prospects game. So O Dog no and, no and, and the whole crew, they're gonna be behind the bench coaching Shane Can you Wright. Imagine wow. Shane Wright and like Al's brother taps you on Al's the, brother's there too, yeah. And Al's brother taps you on the shoulder and says, Hey, you gotta jump and chase. I'd be like, <laughs> Who the fuck is this <laughs> fucking fat <Wow>. asshole by- <laughs> Telling me what uh, I'd be like. No, I, I love those guys. They'd be. Uh, yeah. it'll, it, it's actually great that they're. Uh, they were. They were joking around that like uh, O Dog and Al's brother. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna do like a Hitchcock and at practice. They're gonna do the morning skate and and O Dog's just gonna be on the bench, like not skating but just pointing at what to do and stuff. Are there any? <laughs> like, there's no better radio show in the no no in no. the country except for Ringo. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Um, okay. Well, hey, it was a pleasure to see you guys and come back for, for another edition. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed. Uh, much more to come, as, as we've kind of alluded to throughout the show. We'll have the playoff chase coming to a close. We'll have fantasy playoffs coming to a close. Kyle is sweating uh, at the yeah. brow as we speak, as he checks his fantasy results eagerly. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this guy checked out. This guy checked out like 20 weeks ago. Oh yeah, I was I, I was done after I saw him. I'm like, I can't win. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> stick stick to football. Yes. Yeah, stick to football. Um, but yeah, no. Thanks everyone for tuning in again. We hope you enjoyed it as much as as we did, and uh, we hope you look forward to the playoff push. Uh, it should be a good one. Uh, so without further ado, uh, thank you again. It's been a pleasure to serve you. Rink Moose is signing off.